I'm on the line with Marie-Lou Kraft. Marie-Lou is a writer, a dramaturge, uh, someone who studied theater. And she is also the person who more than six months ago wrote about the upcoming presentation at the Festival International de Jazz in Montreal of Slav, um, featuring Betty Bonifaci and Robert Lepage. So many, many months ago before uh, this became essentially now an international controversy, uh, Marie-Lou Kraft had spoken out and been targeted for speaking out. Marie-Lou, welcome to No One's Legal Radio. Hi, thank you for inviting me. Marilou, many people might be discovering this issue for the first time, certainly not Montrealers who, who, uh, who follow the news, and certainly not members of the right. black community who have, have mobilized, but can you just tell our listeners what is Slav and why did you uh, write and speak out about Slav uh, many, many months ago? Slav uh, has been depicted as a theatrical odyssey through the songs of um, black African-American slaves. Uh, and that's how it was presented when it was first announced by the Festival de Jazz. And it's a show that is um, being portrayed as created by uh, director Robert Lepage and by singer Betty Bonifaci, who are both white. And I first heard about this show when it was announced back in November. And uh, it struck me right away as um, interesting that it was a show that was being presented as a show on uh, the songs of Black Slaves. But however, uh, no one included in, the, in promoting the show was uh, Black. It seemed like the only people being put uh, forward as the creators of the show were Lepage and Bonifaci, and it was being said that uh, Bonifaci would be on stage with um, her singers, who, uh, to my knowledge, uh, were not Black at all. So I was worried that uh, the show would end up being a theatrical portrayal of slavery, of Black slavery, without Black people. And um, it was being presented as wanting to celebrate um, black art, but it did not seem to include anyone who was black. So it struck me as um, very interesting, especially in a context where uh, I work in theater and um, I know many actors and actresses who are black and who struggle because they are underrepresented. They cannot um, get the lead parts in, a, in, in movies or on stage. Um, they are often turned down for uh, roles that are given to white um, actors. And when they do get a part in a movie it's often um, as a prisoner it's often as a criminal so I know that black artists struggle already and they're not celebrated as much as they should so to hear about a play or a theatrical odyssey um, that is that centers black experience but does not center black bodies I found that very very unnerving and I wanted to speak out about that and ask questions about the the process of the show to make sure that the black community was being listened to and I'm not sure that's what happened. Um, your concerns were uh, were backed up by somebody who who played the role of uh, sort of a role of a consultant as the show was coming together Ali Niadier better known uh, by his uh, stage name Webster, recently wrote about right. many of the same concerns, backing up uh, what you had brought up many, many months ago. So um, yep. uh, let's fast forward now, because back then you raised those concerns. Um, and more recently, this, uh, this uh, became a major protest movement here in Montreal. The opening night of Slav 
was protested. Right. I, I saw you there. Um, before that protest, you were you were singled out and targeted by uh, cultural figures, particularly uh, one columnist in La Presse. So uh, continue right. the timeline for our listeners about what happened before we before we get more deeply into some of the broader issues around uh, expression right. and cultural appropriation and racism. Right. Well, I'm glad that you're asking because what I was saying in my initial opinion piece, um, uh, because uh, at first I, I posted a, a Facebook post um, saying that it was curious what was happening. And then I was invited to write an opinion piece in Urbania um, where I kind of uh, laid out all the concerns that I had. And I did not really get a response from anyone, from anyone. So I still had questions about that. And what I was saying in that opinion piece was that the context was important and uh, that it needed to be, uh, I was hoping that the artists were considering the context the context of Quebec, and I believe that that is very important. So I'm, I'm very happy that you're bringing that up because I believe that the, the, the way this was handled by both the artists and the festival and the way um, the conversation kind of unfolded in the media is very interesting, interesting and is kind of part of why protesters um, were so angry about this show. Um, because um, when the artists uh, much later, because I first wrote about it back in December in Urbania, and um, then in the weeks before the show, um, Betty Bonifaci was uh, kind of going around in the media talking about the show, and sometimes she was confronted by journalists who and reporters who were asking, uh, like, what were her reactions to my opinion piece and she started talking about uh, the show saying that um, she felt very sad she felt um, targeted and uh, she felt that she was attacked by my, my questions and that she had good intentions and um, that she is not someone who sees color and that the show itself would not be about color and would not address black and white uh, uh, but would rather say that all peoples struggle the same. And um, so the, she was saying that there was something universal about black experience and, and, and something universal about slavery. And um, Jasset also responded by saying they were surprised by the way things were unfolding and that they were hoping that people would just would not um, judge the artists by their intentions, but rather, rather see the show and that they were aiming to be a global village where race does not matter. And I believe that these reactions kind of uh, added fuel to the fire and worsened the situation because what I was saying and what others were increasingly saying in the media was that we were hoping that race would be acknowledged and um, that their own uh, point of view as white artists would be kind of acknowledged in the show and that they would center the show around black people and their experience. And they were saying that they were kind of moving away from that. Um, and Betty Bonifaci was always uh, centering the show around her own personal experience, saying that the title of the show, Slave, was a reference to her own Slavic origins. So I think the concerns, like it, it, this just kind of uh, raised more questions. And the people, the black community and um, people of color felt like they were not being listened to by the artists and were worried that the show would be about them and it would kind of recenter their own experiences and uh, erase their own history on stage. So I, I believe that's the reason why protesters were so angry um, in front of the theater when the, the show opened. So, um, yeah, I do believe that the reason why this is... Uh, 
happening the way it's happening is that um, there has not, the artists and the jazz festival has not really taken part of, uh, they have not really tried to take part of the conversation around the show, but they kind of remain silent and um, worsen the situation until, until this, this kind of fiasco happens. Just to break down some of the optics of this for our listeners, the uh, you know the people protesting were were made up of all kinds of folks, but it was definitely a movement led by members of the black community, particularly the black artistic community here in Montreal. Right. Meanwhile, the uh, the audience is like like happens with a lot of theaters, is generally affluent and white and older, um, right. and the tickets are sixty to ninety dollars. And the leadership of the jazz festival itself, amazingly, is overwhelmingly white, almost exclusively. I have to verify that, but uh, the key executive right, actually, positions the, are... The, yeah, the, 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 it's led by four uh, men who are all white. So that's, I think that's something that really frustrated the audiences and uh, the Montreal community, um, that um, a festival that is being led by four white men would say that uh, they, they aim to be a global village where race does not exist, and especially the Jazz Fest, knowing the history of jazz and how it was uh, led by black, mostly black individuals, it's uh, very concerning to hear that uh, from uh, the people who are at the head of the festival. Let's get into um, some of what some people call the nuances, but I think it's basically common sense. One of them will just be about artistic integrity, um, because you and most people have never questioned the the talent of Lepage and Bonifaci. The question oh, here is absolutely not. No, not at all. I mean, and mm -hmm. uh, the question yeah. here is how they would go about presenting this material. So, could you address that as someone who who yourself is? you know, a student of theater, of, of how this material could have been presented in a way that both respected the artistic integrity, but also respected the, uh, the cultural origins um, and the history, lived histories of, of where this music comes from. Right. Um, well, I, I, what's something that happened uh, is that that was ma mainly the, 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 the core of my concerns uh, is I was wondering how they would actually um, depict black pain on stage and how they were going about creating this show. And um, you were saying earlier that I was singled out um, by a columnist in La Presse. And basically what she was doing was um, reframing what I was saying and um, saying that I, I was saying that white artists cannot talk about some topics and that it's impossible for a white artist to talk about um, black struggles and slavery. And that's not what I was saying at all. Um, I think it's actually very important for white people to actually acknowledge um, the, the horrors of the past and the role that they had to play in it. And um, uh, so I, I do believe it, it is possible to actually talk about slavery. And some white scholars and white artists have done very important work in the past, um, putting some issues uh, to the uh, to, to, um, kind of shedding light on very important issues. So I do believe that white artists have the responsibility to speak out against, um, you know, the horrors of the past. But it's, it's very important to kind of think about your own responsibility when you create something and um, how it can impact uh, the, the people that you aim to portray and um, to, to, to kind of acknowledge the dynamics of, of power that, um, 
black people are still struggling with. There is still, there has been um, slavery in Quebec and that fact is widely ignored in Quebec, especially on the Francophone side. Um, people tend to not know that there was slavery in Quebec. Um, we, there was supposed to be a public consultation on systemic racism and there was so much backlash against that and it was cancelled by the government. Uh, black people, people of color have a, a hard time talking about race and talking about what they're experiencing here in Quebec. And um, that's the context where this show would have, it was taking place. And I do believe that it's important to acknowledge that and um, to listen to black people when they are saying something, because this has uh, become a fight about like, or, artistic freedom and freedom of speech and um, the the organizers and the protesters were uh, criticized for for wanting to, to, to shut down shut down the show and uh, we were talking about censorship here but I don't believe anyone wanted this to happen I think people wanted to avoid this altogether and I I was not expecting things to go down the way they did I was not expecting the show to be cancelled by the jazz festival I, I would have rather I would have hoped for a conversation and I would have hoped for more, you know, like I, I would have liked the artists to listen to their audience and to the community more. The, uh, the opening of the show was, was protested and there were noticeably a lot of empty seats, but um, the show did have originally an extension. It was supposed to, is supposed to go on tour right. uh, all over North America and also in Europe. The show had some uh, parts of it canceled. Some uh, performances were canceled because Betty Bonifaci, the main singer, uh, had an injured ankle. But now it's now it's fully canceled, at least at the jazz festival. And that's as you've alluded to already. That led has led to a backlash, and uh, that backlash right. I think is going to continue in the upcoming days and weeks. Um, a backlash about censorship, about being overly moralistic. I've seen comparisons to saying, you know. You know, uh, back uh, back many years ago, we fought for the rights of gays and and other minorities to perform under under censorship uh, that was being imposed by uh, a Catholic Quebec. Or people have alluded to uh, dictatorial regimes all over the world. So the rhetoric is is really heating up. So could you get more into the the topic of of, of free expression and the the so-called balance between cultural appropriation and free expression? And when I ask that question, I ask it. Highly, highly critically, because I don't think those things right. are are are, uh, are a zero sum game. What I'm you, hearing, right? So, could you? Well, I think it's important to address this because um, I've heard that a lot, um, and I'm I'm kind of I kind of want to ask more questions. Um, when we're talking about freedom of speech, like whose freedom of speech are we talking about? Because um, five sh five shows were planned originally, and even before the show started, eleven additional dates were added um, because the five first shows sold out. And, and we're talking about it, it's at, at Théâtre du Nouveau Monde, which is a major, major, major stage here uh, in Montreal. And the, international, the Jazz Fest is an international festival. It's one of the most important festivals in Quebec. Um, it was, you know, a tour was planned, as I heard, in the United States, in the rest of Canada, and in Europe. So we're talking about artists who have a huge stage already, and they have a huge following, and they have 
all the grants and they are, have all the respect and um, they are uh, really backed by you know the the Conseil des Arts, uh, the, all the Arts Council um, support them. So we're talking about someone who already has a lot of freedom of speech, and uh, against that you have. Um, if I, I can use myself as an example, I wrote one single tiny opinion piece uh, almost. Six, seven months before the show started, basically just asking questions about the process. And I was singled out by a major columnist who, as a major column, is in a major newspaper. And she was basically dragging me, trying to um, to delegitimize what I was saying, uh, saying that I was keeping artists from talking. So I think it's very curious what's happening is that Black activists and Black voices um, are speaking out against something that they are experiencing and that hurts them and their voices are being shut down and they're not being listened to and they don't have access to the same funding. They don't have access to the same resources. Uh, when a black artist tries to create art about their, his or her own experiences, uh, they're usually put aside or they, you know, they, they don't have as much support. They don't have access to the main stages. Um, when you're a black artist and you're creating music, no matter what it is, that you're creating, it's world music all of a sudden, and you're kind of cast away, put aside as not being part of Quebec, you're not a real Quebecer. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm really wondering whose freedom of speech we're talking about, because I, I feel like uh, on one hand, we're, we're, we're saying that artists should say anything, and on the other hand, we're saying that um, Black people's voices are not as important, and we're not supporting them nearly as much as we support um, white artists who are talking about Black issues. So it's really something to think about. There's clearly been a lot of negative stuff uh, aimed at the people who've spoken out like yourself. Uh, I know another local uh, musician was slapped um, by uh, right. a, a ticket holder, uh, a white ticket holder slapped. Right, a- and I think it's very important to talk about that because that's also part of the issue. Um, it kind of reflects the whole situation. So at the opening of the show, you have a black protester in front of the theater uh, saying that the show actually hurts them and um, does not depict their own struggles accurately. And then a white theater goer just slaps that person in the face in order to uh, come in and actually witness um, and to watch a show that's put on by white people about black people's pain. Black people's pain. So that's kind of the core of the issue right there, is that some people are not listened to as much as others. And on the stage, you have Betty Bonifaci saying, um, because I actually ended up seeing the show, and at the end of the show, Betty Bonifaci speaks out against exploitation, and she says, um, and she kind of, uh, she's saddened by the fact that people of color are exploited around the world. However, the, the tickets are at, at least $60 a piece. So what that ensures is that the people who actually st- struggle, who are exploited, they don't have access to this show. So who is it talking to exactly? Um, that's another question that's important to ask. The uh, Talk a little bit more about the show itself because um, many of the activists uh, and organizers who spoke out in protest were able to see it. Um, uh, free, <laughs> from what right. I understand, um, most didn't want to pay, and there are a lot of problems with. Uh, I mean, just you know, we can mm-hmm. break them down about how you know white people portraying cotton pickers and basically white splaining exactly. going on within it. So, could you talk more about um, the content of the show right. itself? 
So I was uh, harshly criticized for speaking out against the show before seeing it. And what I was trying to do is um, say that it's a, a, a perfectly legitimate concern uh, to ask questions about an artistic process as it is unfolding to ensure that um, it's respectful. I think that's very important. But however, um, I do believe that the show itself um, kind of raises even more questions. And I think that some of the artistic choices that I, I now question um, could have been avoided altogether if the artist had taken part of the conversation much before um, when the first concerns um, actually appeared in the media. Um, I mean, one of the artistic choices I, I'm struggling with is um, they opted to present the show as a history lesson that is being led by Betty Bonifaci, and she kind of walks the audience through history, through her, her own um, perspective. Uh, the show starts, and she explains that uh, slave, the, the, the word itself, comes has Slavic origins, and then she talks about her her own Slavic roots and um, the fact that uh, her mother was from Serbia and her father was from Italy. And she kind of presents that as proof um, that the, that the human population, that uh, people of the earth are becoming like more and more mixed and that um, this kind of uh, exchange of culture is very important. And uh, then she talks about slavery and highlights that, um, uh, white Irish people um, have been slaves, uh, have been enslaved too, and she kind of uh, equates their own struggle with the the black trade. Um, so there is a lot of the fact that all experiences all are the same. Exactly as she was saying about the show before the show opened, she was saying that the show would not be about black or white, but would be about how all people struggle the same. And that's really what's being put forward in the show. And I, I, I need to highlight that the show had been presented as a theatrical odyssey through uh, the songs of black um, American slaves and in uh, in um, the, the show even even uh, in the handouts that they give to the audience the show is still being portrayed as a show that is centered uh, around black slaves so I, I find that very curious that uh, it's kind of presented as um, it's kind of um, it kind of high, yeah. It kind of pushes aside the history of uh, Black people altogether and talks about other human experiences. And um, so that's one of the issues that I have with the show, and also with some of the images. Uh, white uh, singers portray Black cotton, pit cotton pickers. Um, um, Betty Bonifaci herself uh, plays Harriet Tubman, who is a Black activist, abolitionist. So it's 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 a very weird um, it's very weird to kind of present the show this way, and I, I find these artistic choices questionable. And and I still have and it's, I think it's very difficult for a black person to see this show. There are other there are others other issues that I have. Um, um, at some point, um, one of the black singers becomes kind of the main character of, uh, of, the, of this play. And uh, you follow her as she is looking for herself and travels around the United States looking for herself. And uh, she has other people explain her own history to her. And um, so she, she is mostly being white-splained uh, others white plain history to her and uh, she's 
she's kind of portrayed as this black person who does not really understand her own history and she's looking for herself and at some point during the show she finally find her, finds herself uh, when she actually meets Betty Bunifati who tells her that she's putting on a show about black slaves and she asks her to be in the play and then you see all the cast together uh, happy and they're taking African dance lessons and they're all dancing together and uh, you have the other black singer in the cast who um, teaches them um, how to dance and uh, one of the movements is uh, the, the, all their hands are their hands are together and they have to kind of break um kind of a separate their arms and she says you have to break the chains so they're kind of saying that it's up to the enslaved to kind of break the chains themselves because everyone is alike and all people suffer the same so it's it's very weird and it's very difficult for a black person expecting to see their culture celebrated to finally be told that you know um their own culture is not very distinct and all people suffer the same Marie-Lou, uh, uh, we've addressed some of the, the negativity, you know, um, a violent attack to one of the protesters, the, the racism. I know that um, many of the people who've been outspoken, such as yourself and other organizers, have, have gotten threats and, 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 right. and dealt with racism. But in, in organizing around something like this, which is difficult, there's also often a lot of positivity in terms of people coming together, in terms of people discovering people sharing the same views and mobilizing together. I know when Moses Subney, um, uh, who was slated to perform at the Jazz Festival, wrote a, a very powerful letter um, basically saying he would not perform and decided to move his show out of the Jazz Festival. That was a very powerful moment. So could you talk about um, some of the positive things that, that have emerged from, from this episode um, in terms of community organizing, in terms of knowledge, in terms of anything that you feel is important to share? Well, um, right. Well, yeah, I, I kind of feel very moved by what's happened um, because I felt very alone at the very beginning because I was um, basically the only voice on the francophone side speaking out against the show. And it's not very popular on my own side for people to speak out against. Um, perceived discrimination and I felt very much alone and it's not the first time that I point out problems in um, on stage uh, from my perspective and I don't necessarily have a lot of support when I do try to talk about these issues and I feel like um, the subject of race is something that we tend to avoid altogether at least on the francophone side and we don't really talk about these issues often um, so I was kind of glad to see others organize because I, I was not part of the organizing of the protest and um, others did that and others got together and tried to do something about the show and make their voices heard so I, I felt very moved to see others kind of responding to what was happening and, and speaking out against the, the, the how the colonists singled me out and um, tried to uh, criticize what I was saying and, 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 and kind of uh, shut me down. And it was really great to see people start listening. And many of my white friends who are not necessarily aware of these issues, they have been listening. They have been offering their support. They have been kind of uh, collecting their friends and talking to their friends who don't understand what's going on. Um, so I, I've seen people get together, and it's very rare that I see um, this these issues being talked about in the media. And it's a very difficult conversation. Um, it's not necessarily portrayed in the, in the correctly in the media. I feel like a lot of people don't really understand the issues 
that are at stake here. But I, I'm glad that at the very least we're starting to have this conversation and that people are not really shying away from that. And um, I hope that we can have a really honest, meaningful conversation about this because that's what I've been, ho been hoping since the very beginning. The first piece I wrote about it was basically just asking questions and hoping that, you know, some the artist or at least someone would start answering them and think about them. And I'm, I'm glad that this is happening right now. Marilou, um, just one last question, although it's kind of a biggie. Um, uh, this, this episode around Slav and its, um, its horrible um, portrayal of, um, of uh, black slave songs is in the context here in Quebec of, I mean, it seems like every few months is another example of, of racism or of cultural appropriation. Last summer, right. uh, during the Saint-Jean-Baptiste parade, um, people didn't quite understand the problem of having black youth um, like push uh, push the the um, the parade floats um, uh, that were d during a very hot day. There seems to be every every year or so uh, a blackface controversy, and, right. and a lot of people who who defend it based on exactly the same reasoning they're given for Slav. So um, I'm always wary talking about this in English because um, there's a tendency for folks on the anglophone side to sort of say Quebec is worse when. Most yes. of these dynamics right. play out everywhere. Every culture, every political context has a setting where you're confronting racism. Um, but there are specifics here in Quebec that we're dealing with. So could you address that? Because as you alluded to, as right. you said when you answered the last question, you, you felt quite isolated at the beginning um, from the I francophone did. side of things. So uh, talk about that in the right. context of these episodes that happen constantly here in, in Quebec. Right. Um, well, I think for most folks who are not from Quebec or who, uh, you know, are Anglophones, I think it's it's very hard to really understand where, you know, like Francophones here in Quebec, where they're coming from and what's the their con the context and where they're speaking from. Um, it, it's really hard to understand, but um, I think the, the, the difficult uh, the dic difficult thing thing about this conversation is that identity for you know French speaking Quebecers has been um, kind of built on uh, being oppressed by the Anglo by the Anglophones and um, the, the the whole identity of you know French Quebecers um, has been built on that on being oppressed and so there's kind of like a huge mind spot about being the oppressor um, it's kind of like uh, if you are alluding to Francophones as oppressing others it's kind of like an attack on their whole identity and it's it kind of um, it's, it's really difficult for many people to kind of hear that and really um, think about it and, and, and witness what's going on beyond uh, their whole their own fight for identity. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's really, it's really difficult and it's kind of an additional struggle because even when I started speaking out uh, against this issue, people have been um, having a hard time kind of uh, hearing what I was saying. And I heard a lot of uh, people kind of questioning who I was, saying that um, maybe I don't really identify as a Francophone Quebecer, uh, or maybe, you know, like I'm, I'm kind of uh, biased or I, you know, I, I kind of bought into um, a whole 
system that's imported and cultural appropriation is not relevant here and it's an idea that is American or that is you know Canadian and that wouldn't apply in Quebec so there's a whole kind of fear of losing our own identity in Quebec that is very strong and it's, it's kind of really hard to to have tough questions about race um, in Quebec specifically because of this Uh, language situation. So uh, the conversation, even in, in, in Quebec, I've been, the media has, you know, I, I've, I've been contacted by the press and the media and the conversation I'm having in English is completely different from the one I'm having in French. And it's, it's really hard to deal with that. And I, I feel like many Quebecers kind of uh, disregard what It's being said in English because they feel like what people have to say does not really apply in French Quebec. So it's, it's very difficult. I, I'm really hoping that we can go past that and kind of address these issues and how they are, how, you know, how they can be specific in Quebec or how the conversation is different in Quebec from other provinces. Yeah, it's, it's a tough question. <laughs> Marie-Luc Kraft, uh, writer and dramaturge, uh You've posed uh, some fundamental questions and addressed them brilliantly and with nuance um, and with great courage as well, it has to be said, because as you've mentioned, it was, you were quite isolated at the beginning, but even when there was less isolation, there were a lot of counterattacks. So I want to uh, commend you for that. Um, I know when I saw you at the protest on opening night, I said, uh, which is sort of a combination of don't right. give up, but uh, <laughs> keep it up. And alors, un autre lâche pas from me. And thank Merci. you for speaking to us uh, on uh, No One's Legal Radio. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.